Yo, what's going on, everybody? It's another episode of Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast. We are at episode 50, the Big 5 0. You know, it's a big episode. I know last episode we hit our, our one year mark. Now we hit the 50 mark. So, you know, back to back weeks is something to celebrate. Milestones, baby. Milestones. Yeah, man. Uh, it's your boy, Eugene. You can find me on Twitter at Fantasy Genes. That's G E N E S. You can also follow our official Twitter handle, Off the Line FF. And of course, I got my my fellow Dallas Cowboys fan, Ike. You can follow him at on Twitter at just underscore Ike09. How you doing? How you feeling today, man? Good. Um, good outside of the uh, you know, Cowboys shit in the bed in the second half. Um, but you know, it's uh it's week eleven, man. It's already week eleven. This this you know, like we said, you know, a couple of weeks ago, fantasy season's flying by way too damn fast. It needs to slow down just a little bit. Um, but you know, it's been it's been fun. It's been fun. Looking forward to talking ball. Yeah, man. You know, it, it was disappointing to see the Cowboys fumble the bag in that second half, especially in that fourth quarter. I don't know what the play calling was going on. They just stopped running the ball again. I I don't get it. But here we are. You know, we're at least we're at least the the Eagles lost, so it gives us some breathing room, a chance to try to get that division. It's crazy how we're six and three, and uh, and you know we're third in the division. Yeah, six and three would we'd be like running away with that bitch, you know, in in in, in any other year. But this year, just yeah, the eight and one Eagles, seven and two Giants. The only thing we have going for us, at least in the, in, in terms of the division race, is we've already beaten the uh, the Giants. So, um, you know, if, if I think we play them, in, I think next week for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So if we beat them again. You know, we own, obviously own the tiebreaker over them. So that that'll be a, uh, you know, we'll be in pretty good position, and then setting up for the showdown. Christmas Eve against the Eagles for, for probably for probably the division title, but given how this team likes to perform and, and shit the bed and some key moments every now and then, can't be too sure about that. But one game at a time, <laughs> one game at a time. All right, let's go ahead and get into it. Let's recap our you know our prize big plays from the previous week. We both went zero and two, like the people like to say. Just wolf and two is like like Wolfing I said. Away. Wolfing yeah, away. Wolfing away. We had we both had Jalen Waddle and he came four yards short. I mean, anybody that watched the game, you saw they just obliterated the defense. They just anybody that they put out there that touched the ball scored, basically, or I mean, they just didn't need I mean Tyreek didn't even break what 60 yards, 50 yards, and he's yeah, he, he had, had a five for 44. Yeah, he didn't do anything. They didn't need him. I mean, Jalen didn't did too much more, but like I say, he was four yards short. Jerry Judy was a play that a lot of people were on. This dude gets hurt on the first offensive snap of the game, which is pretty tragic. Uh, we did get news that it looks like it won't be too bad of an injury. I know at first seeing it, it looked like Achilles, but they're saying it's probably like a high ankle sprain or some some of that sort. Even still, uh, we'll probably get into that later later on in the show in terms of what that might mean for uh, for roster purposes. But yeah, I mean, I went over two man. Yeah, and you know, uh we both like Jalen Waddle a lot this week. So um I also went over two. Jalen Waddle was, you know, four four yard shy is what we said, sixty six and his his over under was like seventy and a half. Yep. And then we we I, I just had a you know, I kinda had a feeling that something janky was something was afoot with that line. I was like, okay, they they see Jalen Waddle smashing every single week and now they want to lower his line to seventy and a half. Like uh that should have been an indicator. 
Um, but you know, we'll we'll watch the film get better, right? That's what that's what we do when, when we uh, make mistakes. And then uh, David Montgomery, oh god, Whew, that was that was brutal. I think he had like twenty three yards rushing, and didn't even come anywhere close to his fifty seven and a half yards prop. You know the you know as I as I mentioned on uh, on as we as we posted on Twitter, you know the logic was look he always plays well against the Lions, especially at home. His last two home games against the Lions, he's had at least two touchdowns. And over over that fifty seven and a half you know, yards number, um, it was just Justin Fields that just took over. <laughs> took over <laughs> <all the rest. laughs> uh, and we'll we'll talk about him a little bit later. But uh, yeah, that was uh, it was a brutal week for both of us. But like I said, we'll watch the film and we'll get better. And uh, week week eleven, we'll um, calling it now. We're gonna both gonna go two and zero. We're both gonna go two and zero. I like the sound of that. Yeah, bold predictions from last week. I said Amara would finish top six. I think he finished what eight? He was there. He was close. Yeah, yeah close. I was close. He was. Um, he got hurt. You know, towards the end of that game, he ended up coming back in. Still made a catch after that, but you know, the it just kind of died off for him. I know that he started that first half six six for eighty six, but he only finished with ten ten for one nineteen. Usually that would be you know that's a good week, but we had we had some other players that were just like. Hold on, my guy. Let me let me show you how 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 it really goes down. So, like Tom, like Tom Kennedy had like a long catch and run. <laughs> you sure did. <laughs> Khalif Raymond, like, <laughs> like what do we like? What, what the hell, man? Like, where 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 do all these people even just come from? Like, it's um. But anyways, and then I had Chris Olave being a top eight wide receiver. Um, the Steelers have been so bad against wide receivers in general. Yeah, and Andy Dalton, you know the the the, the red rocket could not take advantage. Uh, in, in feeding Chris Olave the ball, Chris Olave only finished with three catches of forty yards and only five targets. You know the good news is he led the team in receiving. Bad news is there's only forty yards. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I think there's news about uh, the the Saints starting quarterback situation that Jameis is on his, probably on his way back. Should have uh, been back. He's, he's he should have been back weeks ago. Um, that's there for for whatever reason. I don't know why they're holding him out. He's been healthy. But you know, maybe we'll see a little bit more, more, more deep, more from Gaff Winston, more chances down the field for Olave, which should yeah. be a you know be a, a positive for his fantasy prospects. And hey, look, if you you know if you're, we'll, we'll get to the trade deadline here in a second. But if you you know if your trade deadline's coming up, Chris Olave is a guy that, that I would be targeting, especially you know when rookies have you know their you know the sec- the, kind of the second half of the season when they have that bump, um, yeah. Yeah, it, it's. I think he's a good, good candidate to to, to target in trades. So yeah. So with that, uh, we'll go ahead and we'll get started with some of the, you know, some, some of the quick takeaways and reactions from Week Ten. Um, there was a lot going on, but we want to start with the Buffalo Bills and, and, uh, and the Vikings game. Like that was a crazy ass game, back and forth. Uh, you know, jo- there was a lot of speculation whether or not Josh Allen was going to play. He ended up playing. Ended up, you know, playing, throwing for three hundred yards and rushing for eighty four. But he threw two, you know, brutal interceptions in inopportune time, especially one in overtime. Both to Patrick Peterson, uh, the ageless wonder. So, um, but on the other side of that, we 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 definitely have to talk about Justin Jefferson, who was who's a who's a man amongst boys. Ten catches, one hundred and ninety three yards, and a touchdown. Um, if you remember, if you remember on his on his touchdown where he was doing the gritty, he faked a hamstring injury. <laughs> <laughs> And people and, and then the announcers on the broadcast were like, oh, my gosh, did he hurt himself? He yeah, <laughs> they were they didn't they, they weren't aware that he was faking. And then even on NFL Red Zone, um, Scott Hansen was kind of concerned as well. He was like, oh, my yeah. gosh, Jefferson injured himself on the celebration. Oh, what's going on? But 
But that wasn't even the, the, the biggest thing. The biggest thing is that that catch he made on fourth and 18, one hand, basically taking this ball away from that defender. I don't know who the defender was. who had two hands on the ball. Yeah. But yeah, that was the catch of the year. That was, look, it was a it was a phenomenal catch. I know a lot of people want to be prisoner in the moment and say, oh, that was the greatest catch I've ever seen. But yeah, come on, bro. Yeah, It's not the greatest catch I've ever seen, but it's like uh, one of the best catches I've seen in, in years. I'll say that. Yeah. I'll definitely yeah. say that. Um, the, they showed a presser of that of that cornerback after the game and he was like in tears like i, I just gotta knock the ball down man I just i'm not i'm not a selfish player i just i just gotta knock the ball down i was like bro yeah. i mean <laughs> you didn't really have a chance <laughs> didn't really have a chance the best receiver in the league if he wants that ball he's gonna get it he's gonna take it he's gonna take yeah. it from you and then, yeah. in that, and then also in that game dalvin cook ripped off an 81 yard touchdown run I think yeah. it was miles per hour on that on that run was like twenty two miles per hour, so he was just scooting down that field. Yeah, scooting. Yeah, a lot of um, offense, a lot of offense. Even Stephon Diggs had over hundred yards receiving. Like it was yeah. a lot of offense. It was a lot of offense. Um, I mean, we even saw Gabe Davis. He, even though we did see Brickhands Davis uh, drop a couple of passes, he still. I mean, he still finished with six for ninety three and a touchdown. It was just like like you said, it was just a lot of offense, man. Uh, we finally seen the that Vikings defense get challenged and. I mean, they made they made plays when they needed to, but they did give up a lot of yards. But they did make the two plays, the most important plays of the game, which was the fumble for the touchdown, which was crazy, oh <laughs> crazy sequence. That yeah. whole sequence before that fumble was crazy. You know, the the failed reach out from Kirk Cousins that on the fourth down was hilarious. I'm just thinking, like, okay, this game is hell. Even, a wrap. even the play before. Dalvin Cook dropped the, uh, dropped the touchdown. Oh yeah, he but, but bobbled he, it like eight times. But yeah, he, he was gonna, it, yeah, yeah, he, he bobbled was it. But it, it wasn't it wasn't the best throw. It wasn't the best throw nah. for presence. But man, nah. it was crazy ass game. And another crazy game, Cowboys Packers. Let's 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 go ahead and <laughs> we'd be remiss if us as Cowboys fans slash supporters slash followers slash whatever we want to call ourselves these days did not talk about this game. But um, but yeah, uh, Christian Watson looking like ninety eight Randy Moss out there. Uh, <laughs> Bruh. I mean, he was he was he was the only the last rookie to catch you know three hundred you know uh, three three touchdowns and go over hundred yards against the Cowboys was Randy Moss yep. ninety eight. So yep. uh, Christian Watson four catches one hundred and seven yards and three touchdowns and 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 his, his catches came at like very critical moments. You know when you know there was uh, I think three out of his four catches came on third and fourth down. Yep. And then his uh, and then his third touchdown came. Um, on I think first and goal in the fourth quarter when they were down seven. Yep. And so, but you know his he caught a forty yard touchdown on fourth and seven um, when they were down fourteen. Um, when they were down seven zero, he caught that fifty eight yard touchdown. Yep. Like it was he was he was uncomfortable. Could have had another one, but he dropped that one. Remember the one in the I think in the first quarter, second quarter, I believe. He oh yeah. Burnt, he had burnt. Um, was it um. Who's that corner from from Kansas? The one that got in trouble. Can't even think of his name now, but I think it was him that got burnt. But again, we're going to talk about him later, uh, Christian Watson. But I mean, he looked good. That he he made the plays when they needed him. I can't even really say nothing much much else about it. Yeah. You know, Aaron Jones. You know, he he looked awoke uh, awakened versus our defense for 138 rushing yards. I know we've been crying about him getting touches. He got the touches and he did something with it. I mean, even AJ Dillon looked good for the touches that he got too. But again, this goes back to what I've said. Once it gets cold, some people don't want to tackle AJ D- Dillon, man. He's too, he's big, man. And when it yeah. gets cold, you don't want to you don't want to take on that type of contact. So I get it. 
Yeah. We did see on the other side, we did see you know, Pollard you know, do what he does whenever Zeke is not available, go over 100 yards rushing. Just bad play calling for us to go away from the run because every time they called a draw play it was 10 yards. Like it was a yeah. first down every time. So we did whatever uh, he, we wanted until until Kellen Kellen Moore got in the way and started yep. and started uh, calling bullshit. So yep, um, much as much as I like Dak Prescott and I think he's a, a much better quarterback than people give him credit for, uh, he was passing the ball too much. Like we we didn't yep. need to, we didn't need to, we didn't need to him to, we didn't need him to throw you know 40, 45 times forty forty five times. We didn't need that. We didn't need that in this game. If what, whatever we were doing was working, it was working, and just stick with that. Right? I mean. We could have buried Green Bay early and early on, but you know, play calling, miscommunication by the wide receivers made it a game, and basically gave way to Christian Watson looking like ninety-eight Randy Moss. <laughs> yeah, but just real quick, but for for fantasy purposes, it was good because we did see CD Lamb get peppered with targets, something that we've been crying for from 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 uh, Dak and this Dallas offense, and they peppered him with fifteen targets, man, eleven for one fifteen, two touchdowns. That's, that we've been waiting on it. I think that was his first game over 100 yards in, I think, almost a full year, man. So, yeah, it was especially, good to see. Especially his first this year. Yeah. And uh, if you saw awesome. his – sorry, it's, it, real quick, if you did see his second – like, if you remember his second touchdown, completely turning around Jair Alexander. Yeah. And, yep. and, and, and then, like, he got cooked so bad, he tried to pretend, like, that wasn't his man. You know, <laughs> he, you know, you know, he had his hands up. <laughs> yeah, you, you, know, you know, corners get ratted up so badly. They act like they were in zone. or Yeah, like nah, bro. Him. You weren't in zone, man. And <laughs> I saw the corner that was, like, running faster. And I was like, yeah. that wasn't his man, though. So <laughs> it's just it's funny to see that. Um, yeah. Also, just to make mention, you know, we saw Dalton Schultz, you know, get awakened with his 6 for 54 and a touchdown. So I know fantasy owners are, are glad to see. Uh, a, a second week of Dalton Schultz getting used and, and him getting in the end zone. So, uh, you know, I know people are, are, are glad to see that getting ready for this playoff run. So yeah. the next game we want to talk about, I mean, we want to talk about Cooper Cub. I know it's big. I know a lot of these teams that are, I'm sure a lot of the teams that are like, you know, nine and one, eight and two, seven and three, probably had Co- Cooper Cup on their team and they saw him get hurt. So I'm going IR. He's already scheduled to have the surgery for these contending teams. Are are they gonna are, are they gonna be looking at Ben Skoranek to the the replace that value or like what what, what do you think to teams should do? Because I think you had don't you didn't you have Cooper Cup on 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 one of your rosters? Uh, it's it's on, uh, on a um, on a dynasty roster best ball. Okay. Um, I think I also have Ben Jefferson in that league. I think. I'll have to okay. double check, but I think I think I might have Van Jefferson as well. So, I mean that's that's the answer right there, right? I mean it's either it's it's one of the ancillary receivers. You know you have to next man up. It's I mean Van Jefferson just came back. He's actually scored a touchdown. Yeah, uh, in his in his return, I think he had three catches for like 27, 28 yards for in a touchdown. And um, you know obviously we ha- we've had our discussions about Allen Robinson and, and how much of an up and down season he's had. But you know it's the it's the next man up. And you really don't want any pieces of that Rams offense. You just don't. Yeah, you really don't. He was, Cooper Cup was basically the only guy you were playing, anyways. And yeah, if you have to play any of those other guys, it's it good. Good luck with that, I guess. I mean, yeah, we also saw two more uh, offensive linemen get hurt. One went to the IR. Another one going to be out at least three weeks. So, man, I don't know, man. Um, like you said, I mean. Looking at the snap counts and routes ran, Ben Skoranek ended up running the most routes with 40. Then we saw Allen Robinson with 36. And then 
Van Jefferson was the third one with only 14, only played 17 snaps. But again, like you said, he's still trying to recover from injury. So, yeah, and maybe they wrap <laughs> him up uh, this week, this like, coming week. But we'll see. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, it, but again, like, if are we, are we sure Stafford is playing? Stafford yeah. wasn't even Stafford hasn't even been good this year, anyways. Yeah, um, Walford wasn't good um, on Sunday. I don't know, man. <sighs> yeah, I, redraft purposes is tough, man. Like you can't trade them. Nobody's taking them. You yeah. need points, people. You're just not doing that. So I mean, unless the only the only scenario that I see um, that may that might make a little bit of sense is if somebody, let's say, that's in the middle of the pack, let's say uh, a six and a six and four team or a five and five team. And they get a call from the uh, you know the eight and two team or nine and one team, and they may think Cooper Cup comes back for the fantasy playoffs. May they may send an offer, send an offer his way. That that could be the only scenario where I can see this making sense. But yeah, to your point, I don't think in, like in general nobody's going to want him. I think obviously he's he's done for the rest of the fantasy regular season, and yep. it's not a guarantee that he's going to be back for the playoffs. So yeah, uh, but if somebody has confidence or some inside information that's eight and two, nine and one, maybe even seven and three that that can afford to wait on Cooper cup to come back. Maybe they send an offer to that, to that team for some, for some depth um, in their lineup that, 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 that they're going to lose with Cooper cup being out. So that's, yeah. that's the only scenario that I see. Yeah. If you were one of those teams and you had Cooper cup, would you drop him to get more points available on your roster? If you didn't have an IR spot that you could put him in, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's tough. I don't that's tough. Yeah. I mean, because you're because as soon as he gets dropped, he's gonna get picked right up. Because yeah, you're right. Because you're right. That's an automatic 25, 30 points if he's healthy, right? Yeah. And, and the obviously the team that's gonna pick him up is a contending team. They're gonna see that, they're gonna see blood in the water, and they're probably gonna spend their the rest of their yeah. fab on that guy. Yeah. So I wouldn't I personally wouldn't drop him, even if or regardless of what position I'm in, because I'm A, I'm not trying to help any you know, contending team. If I'm not a contending team, and B, I just you know I I wouldn't be able to live with myself, especially if I make the playoffs and I drop Cooper Cup, and Cooper Cup is like back in like week sixteen or week fifteen or something. Yeah, and yeah, you you kind of screwed yourself there. Yeah, man, it's it's tough, man. I know the fantasy owners are trying to trying to find answers. If you're one of those teams, you might just have to sit and hold, man, uh, because yeah. you definitely know that. When them other teams are trying to contend, they're definitely gonna blow the blow the bag on him and just hope and just wait and hope. So I would just sit on it and wait for more news to come out, honestly. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to the next segment. Fantasy MVP LVP, our MVP of this week. A repeat QB one week for our boy Justin Fields, man. 13 for 147, two touchdowns on the ground, another 167 and two touchdowns through the air. I mean, we predicted this. We told you that they were going to bust up, bust, uh, bust Detroit's defense wide open. And that's what <laughs> he <bust> did. <laughs> that's basically what happened, man. Like, anytime you saw him take off, it was just like, all right, 20 here, 15 here, 20 here. It, and then finally, the big 67 yarder in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Yeah, man. It just, I mean, your prediction, man, he, he, he's looking, looking like a, a, a top, what'd you say, top eight? Top eight, he's he's QB three right now. QB four, yeah, man, yeah, man. It, uh, all thanks to the ground. And somebody, I guess, somebody in the, in, in the uh, in the coaching office listened to us and said, "Hey, run this, run the guy more, man. Like you know, your old line's not that good, and you've had success when you've used his legs." 
And that was, and, and again, like back to my like my, predi- my prediction in the summer of him being a top eight quarterback, it was always more so about his legs than than his arm. Like it was yeah. always his rushing upside because hell, even even you know to end of the twenty twenty one season, like he was on pace. Like if you extrapolate his like his last I think six or seven games, I think he was on pace for like eight hundred rushing yards. And so like that rushing upside was all was always there, and that was basically the the, the logic behind you know why I thought he was gonna you know. Uh, you know, be it be a be a top fantasy quarterback, a top eight fantasy quarterback, and um, you know if he obviously improves in the in the passing department, which we've seen a couple of strides here and there with some of the throws he's made. You know, he's the sky's the limit. He's got a higher like we haven't even seen his ceiling yet because a lot of this, a lot of this is on the ground. But as a passer, he he has a lot of, a lot more room to grow. And yeah. if you if you go back to his days at Ohio State, he was more of a prolific passer than he yep. was a, a rusher. You never and ran the four four the four four the four four wheels was just a bonus. Yeah, but now he's just using that right now before, until he figures things out and uh, with his arm, and then and then after that, like it's just it's scary hours for yeah. the rest of the league. Especially they get they get him weapons, they get him more protection, and his offensive uh, coordinator um, smartens up. So 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 <laughs> so good luck. So good luck trying to defend that guy for the next decade. So provided that he stays healthy, provided they protect him, provided that he's he gets weapons around him because he is he, he he's on a tear that I that I have not seen in a long time for from a quarterback fantasy. So obviously we have to talk about the LVP. The LVP um it's it's kind of it's kind of a two part LVP here. Um, but I'm going to start with Arthur Smith, um, coach of the Falcons. It is absolutely criminal. I think it should be arrested. I think it should be tried for, for <laughs> crimes against fantasy humanity. For not featuring his top playmakers, now that could be do, that could have a lot to do with the quarterback that he's trotting out there every single week, Mariota, who's garbage. But Cordero Patterson returned to the lineup in Week Ten, um, or sorry, Week Nine, had two touchdowns. I think he had over 100 yards rushing, and then the following game he has five carries for 18 yards, and. You had Tyler Algier getting snaps over him. You had Caleb Huntley getting snaps over him. And then, you know, it made you wonder, mm, is, is Cordero Patterson, uh, is he healthy? Maybe he, maybe his, maybe the workload that he came back with was too much, right? No, he was actually returning kicks in that. Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me, Arthur Smith? Are you freaking kidding me? <sighs> like, the, like the usage is, is, is just puzzling for Cordero Patterson. And then, um, you know, and then Marcus Mariota, his, his counting stats weren't terrible um, in that game, but he's terrible. Um, if you if you want to look at, you know, a highest percentage of off-target throws, two of his receivers are in the top seven. Kyle Pitts Jeez. is number one at 30%, and Drake Lund is number seven at 19%. So Marcus Mariota is is basically wasting the talents of Kyle Pitts and Drake London on a weekly basis, on a weekly basis. And Arthur Smith wants to, you know, stick, stick, stand by him. I think uh, today or yesterday, he, he kind of, he, he kind of defended him saying, well, everybody, you know, he, he lost, we lost two games in a row and we lost two games in five days. Everybody wants to panic, blah, blah. So guess what they're going to do coming out of the mini buy? They're going to do everything that they've been doing before because it's working because it, yeah. it was working. So they're going to run the ball, run, 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 run. Marcus Mariota continues to be inaccurate. He's not going to hit his receivers in stride. And it's going to be the same old shit over and over and over. 
it's just uh yeah so i say all this i say all that to say arthur smith uh terrible uh terrible play caller um you, i don't i don't care if they're in the afc south race i'm sorry nfc south race he's wasting the talents if anything like if you if they were using their talents properly they would probably be one of the top teams in the nfc get given how close they've been in these games how, yeah. how you know like if they were actually utilizing these guys, imagine what imagine the the, the outlook of the Falcons um, that they would have right now. But anyways, enough about them. And then the the other one, the New Orleans Saints offense. Um, as I mentioned, um, as I mentioned from the outset about Chris Olave, uh, kind of disappointing. Um, you know, with my bold prediction, yeah, that Saints offense is just, you know only ten points. You know, Alvin Kamara had like, you know, I think he he was he was he was bad, but it wasn't because he's bad. It's because the offense was bad, and Andy Dalton could move the ball against. The Steelers' defense, who you know they had some injuries, and you know their wide and then and their their secondary couldn't cover wide receivers. They you know as we mentioned, you know the bottom of the league at defending wide receivers, and they couldn't take advantage. Um, and, and you know hopefully, hopefully in the next game, uh, Jameis Winston is starting and Andy Dalton is not. So yeah, uh, so LVP Saints offense. Yeah, man. Um, I don't have nothing to add there. You you said it so eloquently and <laughs> and, and and to the point. <laughs> yeah. All right, bad next segment. Bad. Yeah, <laughs> next segment. Cap or no cap? All right, for the people that might not know what cap means, if I tell if I ask Ike, hey, the Cowboys beat the Packers last week, he would say, "Oh, that's that's cap." Fortunately, unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately. All right, so now that y'all know what cap what cap means, let's get to it. All right, so the first statement I have is, after the buy, we can safely start Rashad White. Cap or no cap? Um, a lot of the reports that I'm reading uh, suggest that Rashad White is in for a larger workload and he may remain the starter. Um, I know that he played 65% of the snaps on on, um, on Sunday in Germany, but you know, obviously Leonard Fournette went hurt was hurt. But he started the game, and he started that game as well. He started that game as well, so he was going to be involved, uh, no matter what. Um, I know before Fournette got hurt, Fournette outtouched him fourteen to eleven, but it was obvious, you know, to anyone with functioning eyes who was who who was the more explosive guy out there, who looked better when they had the ball in their hands, and it was clearly Rashad White, twenty-two carries for one hundred and five yards. I know he didn't do anything in the passing game, but that'll come with time, and I think you know. After this buy that the Buccaneers have, they may come out of the buy um, a little bit better, you know, a little more motivated, you know, well rested, and maybe the offense could potentially take off, especially with more, um, you know, with their receivers and a lot of their uh, pieces kind of healing um, due to injury, a lot of the nicks and bruises they've had. So I think, you know, Rashad White is definitely uh, startable. You know, it's a you know kind of a you know a high end high end RB three. You know, potentially, um, you know, low end or yeah, low end RB two potentially. So I, I like Rashad White. Yeah, man, uh, I like Rashad White too. He looked, he definitely had more juice. Um, we did see him pretty much split the load evenly in terms of touches with uh, Lenny before he got hurt. I mean, and the offense looks a little bit better with him running the ball. So um, I can't debate you there. All right, our second one is Christian Watson's big game was a fluke. Cap or no cap? Um, that is that's no cap. That's no cap. Um, obviously he's not going to go ninety eight or any Moss every single game, but all the peripherals were there. I mean, he routes ran eighty four percent, forty two percent target share. Like, 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, yeah. look, the, the the Packers, they spent a second round pick on him for a reason. Um, he has a crazy, crazy high athletic profile um, that that rivals. I think I saw a tweet that rivals that of Calvin Johnson, like his athletic score or something along those lines. Like he's his he, he tested off the charts and clearly you saw it in the game. Yeah, how he was just running by anybody that was guarding him. He he's got a, he's got wide receiver one upside. I, I think I think um, obviously he's not going to do the three touchdowns every single week. He's capable of doing it every single week, but it's not going to happen because you know this is the NFL and things happen um, to where you know they they'll they'll limit you um, from 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 week to week. But yeah, no, I think I think he's I think he's here to stay. I think he's here to stay. Weak ass depth chart. Romeo Dubs is hurt. <laughs> Um, Alan Zar can't really handle the load as a number one receiver, although he's played well this year. But um, over the last couple of games, you know, he hasn't hasn't kind of lived up to that. I think he went almost the whole game without a catch until like the until like overtime where he ran where he he that that DB he stiff on that DB to the ground on that slant and took it to like you know to the you know inside the red zone. Um, but out, but yeah, Christian Watson is that guy. I think um, you know he needed some time to kind of get ramped up. You know, shake the injuries that was plagued, you know, that plagued him earlier in the year, that 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 degenerative hamstring injury that he that kept reoccurring. Yeah, so this is a guy that you definitely need to empty out your fab, um, the rest of your fab budget for if you can. If he's Christian Watson still on waivers, I think he's still on waivers in a lot of leagues. So yeah, he's 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 worth it. He's worth it, especially this this is this is what I mean. It's week eleven. You don't really have met many opportunities to get a player like this. To especially help you um, late in the season, so he's he's much most certainly worth it. Yeah, I agree. He has wide receiver one upside. The chances will be there. They're going to start figuring out ways to really get him open. I mean, every game basically you see him at least butt ass open. It just he just drops the ball. Just so it happened that he didn't drop it against us. So I, I definitely agree with everything you said. So all right. So um, you know, with that, um, with, with you know the whole fab, and you know, since we're since it's week eleven. Uh, we're getting to the point where we want to make some decisions on some of these some of these players that you have rostered. Um, so we're going to start with you know a, a new segment called Keep Trader Cut. Um, you know we want to talk about a handful of players that we're either trading for, that we're either cutting, or that we're that we're deciding to keep. You know even if you know if we if we feel like their performance um, can you know if, if that 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 the performance can turn around over the next several weeks to uh, to, to close the fantasy season. Um, so with that, we'll start. We'll get into some of these players. The first player I want to talk about is DeAndre Swift. Uh, mm-hmm. His snap share has been down the last couple of weeks since he's been back from injury. Uh, I think he played 16% of the snaps in week nine, and then I think he played, um, I think upper upward 30s or 40s percent of the snaps in week 10 against the Bears. He only had six carries for six yards. He did score a touchdown. So uh, what are you doing uh, with DeAndre Swift, really quick? <sighs> I mean, sadly, you're gonna you're keeping them. Keep, you keeping them or you trading them? I think for me, I would keep them just because you know you know the the upside is there. It's just he's just one of those polarizing guys, just like how you know how Akers was when he first came in, or or one of these other running backs that you know that they're really good when they get the touches, but the team just doesn't believe in them. This is just one of them instances where, I mean, again, if you this is a player, if you cut him. People are going to blow their ba- their budget on them, so because of the potential. So for me, you you keep them in. Hopefully, you can get some 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 news of some sort that he's going to you know at least get half the share, not not get like a quarter of it or a tenth of it. And you're competing with Justin Jackson, 
for yeah. for that tenth, which is really concerning. So I I'll keep them. Or I mean, you could trade them. There's people. There's gonna be. There's somebody out there that still believes. So um, yeah, yeah. Best I'm, bet is probably keeping them. Yeah, I'm keeping them as well. You know, as we you know when uh, when Troy was on with us last week, we mentioned that he was number one in the NFL in yards created per touch and yards per yeah. touch. So he's he's pretty efficient when he has the ball in his hands. And hell, he had six carries of six yards and still scored a touchdown um, last week on a limited snap share. Um, and he, he had even more limited snap share the week before. So um, I, I think you know due to his talent profile, like you just have to keep him around. You have to keep him on your roster. Um, it just it just kind of makes sense, and you know, hope and hopefully you know they'll start giving him a little bit more. Dan Campbell keeps talking about giving him more and more each week, but then he continues to lie to us, and we <laughs> continue to see Justin Jack Justin Jackson outsnap him um, over the last couple of weeks, which we don't understand why that's happening. But so we're we're both keeping Swift. Um, how about we already talked about Cooper Cup? How about Jerry Judy? What are we doing with Jerry Judy? Oh, man. I know we haven't got definite in terms of if this was a high ankle sprain or whatnot. I haven't seen anything, but I almost feel like I'm going to cut him at this point only because, I mean, if it's if it's a high ankle sprain, I mean, that's at least four weeks on your on your on your roster that he does nothing. We've seen him deal with the high ankle sprain last year and you saw what happened with that. He he was dead for half the season, (laughs) more more than half the season. So. I, I think for me, if you're trying to really make that push, I think you cut him and you get someone that can get you some points on your roster. Yeah, I'm I'm with you here, especially with the Broncos offense being bad. Um, yeah. And, you know, Russell Wilson just has not been somebody that, you know, he, he's he's just he's just disappointed so much this year. And, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't be excited to keep around a Broncos wide receiver um, on my roster, especially if that, if there's opportunity to get somebody else that can score me some points and get me some, you know, get me some good, uh, you know, to give me some good production. And so I'm, I'm definitely cutting them too, if I have them, you know, cause there's, there's no telling what you, what you're going to get once he gets back from the high ankle sprain. Yeah. And so um, next player I want to talk about pretty polarizing guy. We did kind of talk a touch on him a little bit. Kyle Pitts. What the hell are we doing with Kyle Pitts? <laughs> uh, um, it's another guy you're probably keeping because if you trade him, you're not gonna you're not gonna get what you want. Because if you at this point, you probably don't have another tight end that's that's really that good because the tight end position has just been so shitty, and nobody's gonna trade you for a tight end that's potentially gonna give you more points than what he's been giving you. So. You're bare off, kind of just hoping and and holding, honestly. Yeah, uh, same here. Especially if if for some you know for some, for some you know stroke of luck, they decide to change quarterbacks, which you know which which is what many of us are hoping for at this point. Because you know Mariota is who he is at this point. We've you know we've seen eleven weeks of Marcus Mariota overthrowing Kyle Pitts, underthrowing Kyle Pitts, dirt balls, ground balls. Um, you you name it, all kinds of overthrows. We just talked about how he's you know his he has the highest off target rate in the league, thirty uh, percent. So um, yeah, you're you're still holding because of the talent because you know eventually he'll connect on a, a couple of passes and may fall and accidentally fall in the end zone. But yeah, uh, right. He has like a thirty percent target per route run share the last three weeks. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you're just not you're not, you're you're holding them. <laughs> you ain't got no choice. You ain't got no choice. To hold them. You're holding them. Just I mean, tight end is it tight? The, the the landscape of tight end is is really is really slim, and it really sucks outside of Kelsey uh, and Andrews. Um, yeah. And I don't mean you probably you might be able to throw in Hawkinson now, given how he's been playing, how well he's been playing since he's been a Viking. Yeah. Um, I know Dallas Goddard just got hurt, but the tight end landscape is not that good. So you could there's a lot a lot worse you can do than Kyle Pitts, believe it or not. And he's been pretty bad. But not not because he's bad, because of the offense he's in. All right, the last player I want to talk about, Jalen Warren. Mm. There's a lot of news out of Pittsburgh about, you know, is he gonna eating to Najee Harris's snaps and his carries and and whatever the case is, but you know, um, and he he does he he did look a little bit better than uh, Najee Harris when he had the ball in, in many stretches this year. Uh, but Najee Harris is coming off the season high, twenty carries for ninety nine yards. Um, but Jalen Warren, you know, I don't he 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 was left with nothing but scraps um, in his last game. So, um, what are you doing with Jalen Warren? Are you still holding him? You know, hopefully that you know, with with the hopes of potentially getting more work, you know, a little bit later on down the line. Or are you cutting him for for someone else? Um, me personally, uh, it's always good, at least at this point in the season, to keep a to keep a um, you know a um, a backup yeah. running back, a handcuff running back, yep. just in case the you know starter gets hurt, because you know opportunities may present itself you know later in the season where a handcuff is very very valuable at the end of the fantasy season uh, due to a starter getting injured. So for me, I'm holding him. I'm keeping him. Um, because you, you just never know these days. You just never know. And running back is, is a very, very uh, um, fragile position, so to speak. Um, hell, Najee Harris has a freaking plate in his in his foot um, from that Liz Frank injury. <laughs> so um, there, anything can happen. Anything can happen. So I'm holding Jalen Warren. What, what do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm probably holding him also. I mean, we, we, we we've heard news that Na- Najee is now dealing with a knee injury. So... I mean, this is prime prime handcuff season in terms of him. If he's actually out, then you know he's Jalen's gonna be the guy. I mean, even this past week we saw Jalen Warren have 43 snap share, which was the highest of the season for him. Mm-hmm. So they definitely he's definitely cutting in there. But I'm I'm holding. If somebody comes up to me and gives me a trade offer, like, hey, give me your Jalen Warren for um, I don't know like Hollywood Brown or something, not knowing that he's going to be coming back after, after their buy, then yeah, give me that. All right. You know, something good. Otherwise I'll hold him. Cause like you said, as a handcuff, we're in that type of the type of the year where, you know, where these stars are wearing down and handcuffs are, are important. So I definitely, definitely going to keep them. Actually, let's go ahead and add a, add a bonus. Okay. Bonus one here really quick. Odell Beckham Jr. He is set to sign with the team by the end of the month from many from various various reports. Some of the choices include the Giants, the Bills, and the Cowboys. We can just go ahead and cross out. We know what team we can go ahead and cross out. Yep. Um, so with that, what are you doing with Odell Beckham? Because well, I'm, I'm not, yeah. Go ahead. I'm I'm not gonna do anything. I'll just if somebody wants to have them, they can have them, man. Uh, it, <laughs> I only say that because it looks how late we're in the year, and then he has to, you know, get to know the offense. But by the time that gets going, you're you're in the playoffs. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to play that game. If somebody wants to get them, then you can have them. I'm not doing it. Yeah, I'm. 
I'm I'm leaning with you. I'm I'm kind of with you there. I I don't I don't really see a need for him to be on my roster. Um, you're just you're just hoping for what you saw at the second the second part of the year last year yeah. um, with with the Rams, and you're, you're probably not going to get that version of Odell Beckham. So yeah, I'm I I don't want, I don't want anything to do with. It. I'm good. Yeah, I'm, I'm not touching that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, <laughs> next segment. Talk to me, nice. Barbecue chicken alert. This is some matchups that we like that we want to attack this for this coming weekend of games. First one is T. Higgins versus the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. I mean, we've talked about this before and we didn't see the Saints do it, but we expect the Bengals to be able to do it. Um, Pittsburgh is giving up the seven most fantasy points allowed to wide receiver position. Pittsburgh is 18th in pass DVOA, second most pass yards allowed to wide receivers, and the most fantasy points allowed to the slot wide receiver. So, you know, this all bodes well for T. Higgins, and this also bodes well for for uh, Tyler Boyd because he's in the slot. You got anything to add to that? No, I mean, this is, I mean, it's, it's a, a, again, it's another smash spot. Let's just hopefully hope that they take advantage because, you know, we know the Saints didn't take advantage, yep. but they have a better quarterback behind center. Um, they have a better offense, a more, you know, more voluminous offense in terms of uh, how many pass attempts they, um, they shell out every week. So I, I think this is a better spot for, for, for this Bengals offense uh, this week. And I think they should, should be able to take advantage um, of this, of this matchup with Pittsburgh. And our last one we got is Nick Chubb versus the Buffalo defense. So Buffalo's run D has been leaky as late. Uh, the last three games, they've given up 208 yards to Green Bay, 174 to the Jets, and 147 to the to the Vikings. Third most rush yards per game allowed, seven of the most fantasy points to the running back, and the most yards per carry allowed these last three weeks that the Buffalo defense has given up. You know, in the beginning of the season, they were a really good run defense. Uh, I don't know what happens late, and you know you start dealing with injuries, uh, teams, you know, just scheming up better once they got more film. So, uh, and then to mix in with that, we got Chubb. He's the NFL second leading uh, rusher, uh, and then it's supposed to be really cold weather. Potential blizzard is supposed to be happening in Buffalo. That's perfect running weather. So, this is all a good mix for Chubb to you know smash the Buffalo defense. Thirty inches of snow expected next week. Jesus, weekend. thirty. You remember you remember that uh that LaShawn McCoy when they that game where it was like against like the a Lions. Foot of snow and nobody wanted to touch him. I remember I remember that game so vividly because I benched him and this dude went off for like 200 yards rushing. Yeah, 200 yards, <laughs> like three touchdowns. Yep. <laughs> juking as juking as if he was playing on, on grass that's not covered in snow. It was crazy. Yeah. And then that was the game where Calvin Johnson caught that deep ball and yep. then he had all that snow in his face yep. mask. He was like a <laughs> mutant. Which yeah. he probably, I mean, he still is a mutant, but like it, it just, it was, it was a nice, nice shot of the, uh, you know, Calvin Johnson have all that snow in his, in his face mask. So it was, a, it was a fun, it was a fun game. So hopefully we'll get another fun game this, this weekend with all that snow. I mean, yeah. And to your point, you know, the Bills defense has been, I mean, they're still sixth in rush DVOA. I mean, their defense is, the rush defense isn't like still, it's overall, I think it's still good. But, you know, as of late, I mean, it, it's a, it's a what have you done for me lately, you know, kind of situation. And lately they've been pretty leaky. So yeah. it's it. I think Nick Chubb is, you know, and the, and that Browns off the Browns offense. I mean, they're like they're a top ten offense in the league. <laughs> they they can move the ball um, yeah. down the field. So um, I think this is a, a good a, a good spot for them. Believe it or not. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and shift gears to the Thursday night game. We got Titans Packers. Green Bay's a three point favorite. Over under is forty one and a half. Couple things we want to look at in this game. We want to see we want to see the you know the, the running games you know get going. Um, 
you know, Green Bay, you know, they, they, you know, on, on the Green Bay side and the Green Bay defense, um, their defense, they allow the third most rushing yards per game and the fifth most yards per carry. Um, on the Tennessee side, um, they, they allow the second lowest rush yards per game. And, on, and, and in their secondary, they allow the most pass yards per game and the fourth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. And so there's a lot of different elements to this game that we want to, you know, that we want to zero in on. It seems like the running games, I, I think Derrick Henry smashes and Green Bay may have a little trouble running the ball. I mean, that's that's kind of what it spells to me. It spells, you know, kind of what it spells to me. But, hey, um, a couple of weeks ago, Buffalo, you know, Green Bay had no problems running against Buffalo. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see how we'll see how we'll see how it plays out, um, honestly. And then Tennessee, they also allow the fourth most fantasy points uh, to wide receivers and the fifth most fantasy points, you know, the fifth most fantasy. Yeah, the, they, they allow the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers. And so, um, you know, I think at the end of the day, like there's, there's opportunities and, you know, ways to exploit this defense. Um, I think green Bay is going to be airing it out a little bit more um, than they're they're normally accustomed to um, because the run game may have some trouble. So Aaron Rodgers, Christian Watson, I mean, building trust, building confidence in them, in him. I think he's going to be looking, looking to him early and often. And uh, we may see, we won't see a repeat of last week, but uh, we we may see another good game from Christian Watson. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, just going by the stats, I do expect Aaron Rodgers to throw a little bit more, and you know, challenge that weak secondary of the Titans. So, yeah, Derrick Henry, maybe Aaron Aaron Jones. We should see some Aaron uh, Aaron Rodgers and Christian Watson or whoever he decides. Maybe maybe Alan Lazard. Tennessee side, I don't expect anything much from their pass catchers. I don't, I don't think we're going to see a Keene go for a hundred and two touchdowns uh, yeah. because you're not starting any pass catcher from from the Titans. You're not. Yeah, yeah, basically. All right, let's get to the Sunday Monday games for the last segment of the show. Uh, real quick, the teams on by are Seattle, Tampa Bay because they were in Berlin or in Munich, not Berlin. Uh, and then Jacksonville and in um, Miami. So the first game I want to touch on is probably the the best game I think is going to be on Sunday should be or the most anticipated game should be the Cowboys versus Vikings. Dallas is favored by one point. It's 47 and a half over under. So they're expecting some points. Uh, I think the one thing that we want to you know look towards in this game is, you know, is Dalvin Cook going to go get loose versus this this Dallas defense again? Uh, I know you're going to start them in your in your fantasy lineups, but, you know, just when a key on that, because we've already talked about this before, Cowboys have given up the second most yards and the 12 most fantasy points to running backs the last three weeks. So I think that's the one important matchup um, that we want to pay attention to. Yeah. And then the other one is is obviously the marquee matchup, Justin yeah. Jefferson versus Trayvon Diggs. Um, now, we we saw obviously we saw Christian Watson go off. I didn't see Trayvon Diggs covering him, covering him at all on any of his nope. routes or any of those catches that he had. And so it's inter- it'll be interesting to see if he actually travels with Justin Jefferson. I know the last time the Cowboys played the Vikings, um, and, um, you know, uh, and that was Coop, uh, the time Cooper Rush uh, started in place of Dak. Uh, Justin Jefferson did not have a good game, and Trayvon Diggs was on him most of the game and kind of shut him down. Yep. Kind of, kind of, kind of put him in, uh, put him, put him on Riker, had him on Rikers Island. And so <laughs> it's, uh, so that's one matchup that I'm. Lo- you know, looking forward to uh, you know seeing seeing the most. Justin Jefferson has the most yards um, of any receiver since he's entered the league, more than Devontae Adams. So he's he's just been balling ever since he stepped foot in the NFL. And it's a, and it's still amazing to me that 
uh, something called an old BC Johnson was starting over him for two weeks um, <laughs> in his rookie year. Uh, that caught that caused me not to start uh, to go draft him either, man. I just kept you just kept kept hearing that news that oh yeah, he's not ready. Yeah, he he's not he's he's not looking good in training camp, and then blows up right away. Same so. shit we saw with Jamar Chase, right? Yep. Same shit we saw with Jamar Chase. So I'm not I'm, right. not I'm not buying any of those narratives ever again. You you bet on the talent every single time, every yeah. single time. Next game we want to touch on is the Bears and Atlanta game. Atlanta is favored by three at home with a 50 over under. I think this is tied for the highest of the weekend. So both both very bad defenses. So we're expecting a lot of points here. Are we going to see Justin Fields go, you know, go off again? Atlanta has given up 136 rush yards per game the last three, which is six worse. So are we going to see Justin Fields, you know, put up another you know, top three, top five quarterback week again versus his bad defense? Yeah. And then both of these defenses are top five. Um, and allow receiving yards to wide receivers and top 10 in fantasy points to wide receivers. So maybe the passing games can get going in this game. Um, you know, I, I I don't have as much confidence in that on the Falcon side because of Mariota and how trashy is, how trashy is and how trashy he's been. But you never know. I mean, maybe they'll figure some stuff out during the bye week and realize that, hey, look, we need to go ahead and, and, and start featuring our weapons. Uh, we're still in this race. We don't want to continue to do the same things we're doing because obviously that has not worked the last couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, I, that, that's that's our only hope. We, we we have hope on our side at this point. <laughs> 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 they can get that they can deploy their weapons uh, properly um, down the stretch of the season. Next game, Eagles versus Colts. The Eagles are favored by six and a half on the road with a 45 over under. Uh, the Colts defense has been pretty, you know, average at uh, or better against, you know, pretty much all positions, fantasy positions. So should be interesting to see how the Eagles navigate this game. I know they were they had a big letdown versus the, the, the Washington Commanders. And again, the narrative has been all years that in the second half they've been ass. And again, they showed that they were not good. They start out fast and then they end very slow, man. So, um the one thing now I, I want to pay attention to is uh, J- JT versus that rush defense. We've seen the Eagles rush defense, you know, give up 120 yards per game the last three, which is eighth, you know, eighth worse. So the Eagles, the Eagles defense, I mean, we, it seems like teams have found the, the leak on the defense, which is, you know, you run on them and, you know, waste the clock. Uh, we saw the commanders. They it was three yards here, four yards there, four yards there, first down. Eight yards here, two yards here, another first down. They just ate the clock. So I imagine the Colts are going to probably do the same because they know the Eagles, the Eagles offense is, you know, they, they like starting out fast. So that is one thing I'm looking out for. Yeah. And then we, we want to monitor the health of AJ Brown. I know he left. He was in and out of the lineup um, yeah. on, on Monday night with an ankle injury. Some people speculated it was a knee, but it was his ankle that was wrapped up. So we want to see how if, you know, we want to see if his, you know, uh, what his practice participation looks like throughout the week and if he's limited at, at any um, at any point. And then if Matt Ryan on the other side, if Matt Ryan continues to to, you know, to fire <laughs> to, to fire on all cylinders, especially with Paris Campbell, um, yep. he's I think he, I think he's had a touchdown in each of the last three games that Matt Ryan has started. And so that's 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 been good to see um, on his on his part. Um. But outside of that, I mean, it's not really too much to look for in this game. I and mean, can the Eagles bounce back? Um, yeah. Can they get the running game going again? Um, because that's kind of one thing that they've they, they kind of abandoned 
on, on mm-hmm. Monday night. And Jalen Hurts didn't have that many rush attempts. I think at some point late in the game, I think he had, I think he was up to like four or five rush attempts. Yeah, it wasn't uh, much. It wasn't much. So, um, but yeah, that those are the couple of things I'm looking forward to, to in the Eagles Colts game. Kansas City and Chargers on Sunday Night Football. Kansas City. This game was flexed because I can't remember the game that was there before, but um, I think they they made a good decision on that. This game is is in L.A. Chargers are are underdogs by six and a half, so they think Kansas City is a seven, basically a touchdown team better, uh, which they are. Uh, 50 point over under, so they're expecting a lot of points too in this one. Um, you know, one question I'm looking for for the Chargers aspect is, you know, is Allen and Mike Will, they're going to be back this week because this this offense needs help badly. I, I'm sure they're, they don't want to continue to see Austin Eckler lead the team with double-digit targets, and then you got your wide receivers like, what what's his name, Michael Bandy and DeAndre Carter. Like Josh Palmer. You can't feel good about those being your pass options and thinking you're going to win games, especially yeah. with the defenses, you know, dealing with so many injuries. So that's the one thing I want to see is, is her, are we going to see the old Herbert back, you know, with with his top two weapons back on on the field? And then the one thing that I want to look at, uh, look towards is the, the Kansas City running back distribution. Uh, we saw clearly saw a changing of the guard. Um, Isaiah Pacheco handled 56, 57 percent of the snaps. Um, and the majority of the rush, the, the vast majority of the rush area had 16 carries for 82 yards against the Jags, um, basically relegating, you know, Clyde Edwards Alaire to nothingness, only played four, four snaps total. So I, I think, you know, going back to just many, many weeks ago, we talked about it. He was the most obvious sell high candidate of the season. That usage coupled with those fluky touchdowns was just not going to sustain itself. And, Look what we're seeing now. He's not even he's not even getting on the field. He didn't even register a, a carry or a catch um, in, in four snaps played. So um, if you if you sold him um, when he was on that TD hot streak, congratulations. You probably sold him for something good. If you didn't sell him, you're stuck holding the bag and you absolutely hate to see it. Yep. You absolutely hate to see it. But um, we, we want to see what happens with, um, you know, if this if this type of distribution continues. Maybe um, I know I know Pacheco had no no usage whatsoever in the passing game. That was all Jarek McKinnon. Yep. Um, so we'll we'll see we'll see how it continues. But it's it's definitely not good news for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He's probably somebody you should go ahead and cut um, in that roster um, going forward. All right, the last game that we want to touch on is the Monday night game, the 49ers versus the Cardinals. Uh, this game is a forty three and a half over under. San Francisco's favored. Um, the thing I want to look at is, is the Cardinals. Are they gonna Are they gonna have Kyler back? Because uh, I know McCol- Colt McCoy actually didn't look bad at all when he played. Then mm. he got hurt, and then he came back. So I don't know the health of him either. So um, is Kyler gonna be back? And then potentially another. Um, they're well, not potentially. They are gonna be missing Zach Ertz because he hurt his ACL. He's done for the year. So they're gonna be. Also, I thought it was a, a, I was an MCL. MCL, you're right. Yeah, MCL. So um, that's my question: Is, is Kyler going to be back? Are we going to be able to put him on our in our back in our starting lineups? Yeah, and the one thing that I want to look at, uh, look towards in this game is uh, the, the the running back distribution. Is uh, again, uh, we we saw on Sunday night, um, Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell both had 18 touches. Uh, uh, McCaffrey had double the double the amount of snaps. But Mitchell had 18 carries. 
McCaffrey had 18 cut touches between catches and uh, carries. Um, why trade all that capital just to split carries uh, for McCaffrey? Yeah. Like that, that was puzzling. Uh, when the game was on the line, especially down there in the goal line, it was Mitchell, not McCaffrey. Yeah. Don't understand that at all. Um, I mean, he looked good. I'm not going to lie. He looked really Mitchell good. Did, but, Mitchell did look really good, though. But, he did look really good. That's, but, that's undeniable. But, but, man, you traded all that capital to get CMC. You better use the, you better use the shit out of him. Yeah. Um, and I know I get, you know, they want to keep him fresh and things of that nature. But, I mean... I saw a graphic on Twitter about I saw I saw like a, a picture of you know Debo Samuel flanked to his left, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's left, CMC flanked to his right, George Kittle at tight end, and then somebody's like, "Who's stopping this offense?" And then I think somebody replied, "Jimmy Garoppolo." <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan, stop, yeah, stopping offense. I'm like Shanahan's man. I mean, it's just it's it's crazy to me how, how you have all those toys to play with and you don't know how to fucking use them. Like it's just Bro. crazy. Man. Have you one side note? Have you noticed the the usage of Debo Samuel? Like this dude doesn't touch the ball anymore. Well, he 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 missed the last game uh, due due to the hamstring injury, so maybe they're just kind of working and working him back. But he 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 didn't get any he didn't get any targets or anything like that. So it's it it is a yeah. little bit of a concern. No, he got some carries, but I mean, even throughout the season, it's been kind of it's been kind of. I mean, it wasn't something. This was something that we we predicted that the the usage was going to drop. But I just I'm worried about you know you add in Christian McCaffrey, you got Kittle Kittle uh, healthy, you got Brandon Ayuk emerging. And then now you now you re-added Elijah Mitchell in the mix. I mean, I know people are pissed spending a third a, a third round pick on on Debo, and he ain't giving you the returns that you were hoping for. Maybe so. even a second rounder. I think in a lot of leagues he went in the second yeah. round. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, second round maybe in the fr- I think I think in one of my home leagues he went in the first. He went number nine overall. Jeez. Yeah, I think he went. Number I know nine. people were laughing when they saw that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and one last thing I want to mention about this Cars game is uh, the Kittle, the, the matchup uh, Kittle versus the Cars defense. Last three weeks, the Cardinals have given up the most fantasy points, the most yards, and the most receptions to the tight ends per game the last three weeks. So definitely you're starting Kittle for sure. If you have a DFS, it's definitely somebody you might want to look to play. And prize picks, I'm definitely going to be looking at once they put out his line to see what that's looking like because um, – the 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 Cardinals love giving up the cheeks to tight ends, so you know they oh yeah they do they they love <laughs> they love they I don't know it seems like it's a recurring theme every single year that they yep it is tight ends like why it what is. is what's that about and I they have like, they have Isaiah Simmons they have Buda Baker they have all these athletic defenders Zayvon Collins like all these guys yeah. are pretty good at def- I feel like they should be pretty good at defending but they just for some reason tight ends always rip them up yeah. it's so weird to me but hey. It's inter- George, George Kittle, fire him up. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> We're at the end of the show, guys. Uh, we appreciate y'all listening and tapping in with us as we, you know, kind of go through the matchups and, you know, talk about some players that you might want to be looking towards that you've probably been thinking about if you want to keep them, trade them, or cut them. So as we get ready for, you know, the the, the, the drive to the fantasy playoffs for some of us that they got to – they're in the, in the mix of it or at the bottom trying to find our way up. So – Ike, you got anything to add before we get up out of here? Yeah, I mean it's it's getting it's getting uh to that stretch in the season where uh 
losses become wins and wins become yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay Hanson. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it is the witching hour of the fantasy season so it's week 11 uh, and so things are going to start taking shape really quick for those playoff pushes so you know start you know start shuffling those rosters um spend whatever fab you have on on players that are worth it especially like christian watson if he's still out there yeah. um and look to acquire certain players Look at playoff schedules. Look at fancy playoff schedules, especially if you're a contender, um, and target some of those guys that have favorable playoff schedules um, so you can enjoy the fruits um, whenever playoff time hits. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And ones, I know people might not be paying attention to this, but you might want to look to move, uh, you know, D. Adams and, and Jacobs because their playoff matchups are very, or I think the bottom of, of each position. So just, just a side note there. So, you know, like Ike said, you know, this is the witching hour. You need to get those rosters ready to make this final push. Look for some of these players that you've been holding on to. They're not getting you no points. Get rid of them. I mean, you need to turn. You got to turn your roster at this point. You need points. Points is the the objective at this point. So make sure y'all tap into the All Gas newsletter, Twitter at Destination Devi. On find it when I tweeted out Friday morning at seven oh one. You can find all the good nuggets and and stuff that we drop in and get you ready for the weekend of of games. So until then. We'll catch y'all next week. Make sure y'all get those rosters churning. Get some points on your roster to make this final playoff push. Peace out, people.